Yo, what's up everyone? Welcome to the first edition of Ask TK. Now, this series is going to be our AMA um, slash, you know, Ask Me Anything format. Um, for those of you who have posted on Reddit before, you'll know what an AMA is. You know, it's when sometimes, you know, a, a celebrity comes on to Reddit and they answer questions from the Reddit community. So yeah, uh, that's basically what this show is going to be for the coalition. So hopefully, you know, there's going to be other people after me from the coalition who are going to, you know, sit in the hot seat and, you know, we'll get you guys, the community to send in your questions in advance. And then, you know, that person will have to answer, you know, everything um, unless it's very inappropriate. But um, with me, there is no inappropriate. So I was kind of hoping to get, you know, the really hard questions, the really um, unorthodox questions, and the slightly controversial questions too. I was hoping to get all that, but you guys kept it pretty PC, which is cool also. You know, I don't, I'm open to really answering any questions. And if you do want to get more raw and gritty with the questions, next time, you know, maybe I'll sit in the hot seat again, but probably not until... You know, almost everyone has, you know, had a turn to answer questions. So, you know, hopefully some of the people who you'll get to hear um, answer questions, you know, on Ask TK are Mr. Richard Bailey, you know, uh, Jake James Lugo, Max Moller, Tony Polanco, um, Dana Abercrombie, you know, and just everyone, you know, who's affiliated or with the coalition, you know, in some capacity. Um, hopefully they'll all get a chance to to be on this show and this is a show that's going to be available for our patreon supporters first so you know at the moment we're thinking maybe you know they get to hear it for a whole week in advance before we release it on youtube and everywhere else um, and on the site of course so yeah with that being said um how many questions do i have here let me see i've got one two three four five six seven eight nine ten i got 11 questions here so yeah let's get right into it so the first question is from mr tom skidmore who used to write at the coalition actually so shouts to tom skidmore um his question is what are your thoughts on the final fantasy 12 remaster versus the final fantasy 10 one that's a very good question tom um my thoughts on it are um that the final fantasy 12 remaster it I, i feel like it does more for the game than the final fantasy 10 one um so the reason i think that is because final fantasy 12 was a game that kind of slipped under the radar when it first came out now i don't know if you guys remember but it came out in the u.s i believe it came out um what year was that i think it was like 2006 i think so it came out towards the end of 2006 in the u.s and uh you know in the uk it actually came out in 2007 and it came out a month before the release of the playstation three so that meant that you know if you're in the uk 
and you're into Final Fantasy and you were buying a PlayStation 3 on the first month of release, you only had like a month to enjoy Final Fantasy 12 before, you know, the PS3 came out. And the PS3 did have backwards compatibility right away. So, you know, I remember playing 12 on the PS3. But the problem was, like, you got a new console. There's games out for it. Um, and I believe my first PS3 game was actually Elder Scrolls Oblivion, which is a game I'd been waiting to play for a long time. But I didn't own an Xbox 360 or a PC at that point. So, yeah, um, I kind of put... Final Fantasy 12 to the side you know I was playing it on PS2 before the release of the PS3 in the UK but you know I only got so far with it and once the PS3 came out I, I really you know wasn't I tried my hardest to keep up with 12 and play it more but you know I just I just didn't I just kind of stopped playing it and you know it's inevitable when you get a new system with a new set of games and everything like that you know you know so yeah, I, I just kind of fell off with it. And the thing is with Final Fantasy X, because people had way longer to enjoy that game, because that's a game that, you know, I personally replayed tons of times throughout, you know, the course of the PS2's life cycle. Um, and, you know, I don't think a lot of people replayed 12 multiple times, you know, during um, what was left of the PS2 era, because... You know, so close to the PS3 coming out at that point. Um, but 10, you know, people would like played that game so many times, um, probably even memorized a lot of it. You know, it was, it was even though it came out, you know, um, a long time ago, a longer time ago than Final Fantasy 12 did. I think people are more way more familiar with 10 than they are 12. Um, so, yeah. It really benefited 12 to be remastered, I think. It was a game that needed to be remastered because I feel like a lot of people missed out on that game or didn't complete it or just kind of stopped playing because another thing is with that game is the the gameplay is so different from what, you know, anyone else w was accustomed to with Final Fantasy at that point in time. So, you know, a lot of people kind of gave up on it because... You know, they didn't like the gameplay style. It felt different to them. It felt like Square Enix was going in a completely different direction. And, you know, just not everyone enjoyed it. Like, because a lot of people liked the formula they already had with the turn-based combat and everything. You know, with the story being different every time. So I think a lot of people wanted it to stay that way. You know, turn-based and stuff. And they weren't liking the the evolution of you know the, the combat and stuff like that and um obviously final fantasy 12 was a lot more um focused on western culture um they they were kind of trying to push the game more on the west on the western world than the japanese um and that's you know clear with the style of the game and everything and um i feel like they probably had to do well, I don't know. That's hard to say, actually. But I I think they had to do a lot more work on 12 than they did 10. If I remember reading correctly, I, I believe they actually lost a lot of the assets um, for 12. And you have to remember as well that they changed the director of, of Final Fantasy 12 like halfway through or something. So 
yeah, um, that the the development cycle for twelve was really a catastrophe. Like it, it went through quite a lot of changes, um, and you know, it just it didn't go as smoothly as as ten, of course. So yeah, I can imagine it must have been a headache to go back and remaster twelve and you know deliver what we have now and also when you think about the stuff that they've been adding to these remasters like speeding up the gameplay um that specifically the speeding up of the gameplay that really does benefit 12 because 12 has a lot of grinding um i'm sure that puts off a lot of people um you know the grinding is so intense in final fantasy 12 compared to 10 so you know being able to speed up the gameplay definitely helps a lot as well because it helps you get through those grindy parts a lot quicker so yeah i i feel like um i feel like the the remastered version of 12 benefits more from being remastered but final fantasy 10 is the game that i enjoy more so i had you know much more of a fun time replaying 10 you know the remastered version of 10 and i actually bought it twice because um i bought you know the ps3 remaster of of 10 and i bought the ps4 remaster of 10 so i bought those remasters twice basically and i have it on my wish list for for steam as well because you know i've got that stigma where i buy you know everything with the final fantasy name on it so any game they remaster i'm likely to buy again um, I'm just waiting for them to put out the Final Fantasy 13 series again on, on PS4, and I'll probably buy that too, to be honest with you. So, yeah, uh, good question, Tom. Oh, and by the way, Tom Skidmore, you know, he makes a lot of Final Fantasy videos on his YouTube as well. He has, like, speed runs and everything of of uh, Final Fantasy X, so shouts to Tom. I know he's a, he's a fellow fan of, you know, Final Fantasy fellow advocate so shouts to you tom um his next question because he asked two is the crash bandicoot hd remake the best one yet now i can't uh i can't answer this from experience tom because i actually didn't buy the remake and i know a lot of people are like what the hell like what kind of gamer are you how how could you not buy the crash bandicoot remaster like everybody bought it yeah that's true i mean i saw like people posting their purchase of crash bandicoot remaster on instagram who i didn't even know they played games like people i i, I didn't know they still played games like you know they never talk about games or anything but because crash bandicoot is coming out you know all of a sudden people were like you know nostalgia so they went and bought the game and you know they were posting about it talking about it and everything like that and i remember hearing how people were finding it difficult to get through the game because apparently um the difficulty has spiked in comparison to how it used to be um so i mean that's all i've heard of you know i've heard uh tony talk about it i believe he streamed it as well um but yeah, I don't have like a personal experience with it, so I can't say for sure whether I, it's. I think it's the best remaster or remake, if you will. Um, I I feel like it's not though. I feel like there's been better remasters or remakes out there. Um, to be honest, 
but you know I can't say that I can't say that definitively because I haven't you know played the Crash Bandicoot one but just from everything I've heard I feel like there's better ones out there and um yeah I, that's all I can really say on that topic um so the next question is what is one aspect of gaming that you feel still has not been moved up or into next gen games and that question comes from Cigar Goyle shouts to Cigar Goyle uh, that's a really good question actually uh, if you would have asked this question last year there would be a lot that I could have listed but but um, because of how this year has gone there's been so many classic games released this year alone that kind of negates all criticisms that I had previously of this current generation because before this year like I was constantly complaining saying that you know this generation is a dud there's you know it's really lackluster there's nothing to look forward to nothing has been great um, nothing has exceeded my expectations the only game that I kept you know singing the praise for this generation was really well there was a couple there was The Witcher there was uh, Destiny and um, of course Overwatch as well um, but yeah I mean there was a lot that I was complaining about but this year kind of changed everything for me so I can no longer say a lot of the things I would have said last year with regards to um, you know stuff that hasn't been moved up to this generation um, one of the things I would have said was like um, open world games that have a lot of depth instead of just filler but I feel like this year has changed that because we've had some open world games that have a lot of depth now so I can't even say that so the one thing I probably will say is this generation has a serious lack of boxing games now last generation we had you know a few I think it was like maybe two fight night games but then all of a sudden EA just kind of stopped making fight night games and now you know UFC is like the new popular thing that everybody likes and enjoys but I love boxing like I enjoy watching boxing I enjoy the sport of boxing so I want a boxing game you know and that's a big void right now in video games I, I feel like um, there hasn't really been like a, a huge high scale boxing game and you know what I think it, it might take for that to happen either Floyd Mayweather has to you know team up with EA or one of the publishers and get his own game made or I feel like if he loses this upcoming match and I'm, I'm gonna really date the show at this point because if you're listening to this after the fight already happens you're gonna be like ha ha you know because you're already gonna know but I feel like if Floyd loses this upcoming match against Conor McGregor, I think we might see that boxing game happen. I feel, I feel like, you know, because remember there was a big deal about Floyd not being in fight night games and everybody was thinking, oh, when's he going to do a deal with EA so that he'll be on the cover of fight night and stuff like that. I feel like that might happen. Like if once, once Floyd loses um, and... I don't want him to lose personally like because I feel I value his skills as a boxer like everybody hates Floyd I love Floyd I'm a big Floyd fan because I 
I respect the craft of boxing, like, and Floyd is a true boxer, right? So I'm a huge fan, and I don't even want to see him lose this match. But you know, I feel like some like there's so much hype around this fight. I feel like some bullshit is going to happen, and I feel like he's going to lose. Um, so if that happens, I feel like it might put boxing back on the map again, and then we might see, you know, either Floyd does a deal, or we will just see a resurgence of boxing games. So I feel like it's something that can happen for real. But yeah. Um, that that's going to be my answer to that question. So, um, Cigar Goyle is asking another question. His second question is, what game genres or aspects do you feel are neglected by AAA studios that would also hedge mass market appeal if they did it right? that another great question like cigar goyle is, is he's asking the real tough questions here man like you know when, when i saw your questions i actually started sweating i was like whoa it's, it's gonna be tough to answer man um but yeah so what game genres or aspects do i feel are neglected by AAA studios that would hedge mass market appeal if they did it right okay um, there's two answers I can give here. I'm going to go with the one that I know more about, and um, that's going to be MMOs. Now, I'm not saying that we don't see any MMOs at all, because, you know, of course, there are a few big ones that people are playing on consoles right now, um, but I feel like the MMO formula hasn't been utilized enough by you know console manufacturers and you know publishers in general um now they like mmos are very time consuming so you know you gotta make it's it's a huge decision to choose an mmo that you're gonna play because you know it's it's like a long-term commitment right so you don't want the market saturated with mmos i understand that but I feel like when you look at Destiny, because Destiny, I consider that to be like a hybrid MMO game. And I feel like we should be seeing more than that. And we've seen other studios attempt it. Of course, Ubisoft with a division, they tried to do that whole, you know, Destiny thing. And um, that's a great example of not doing it right. Um, obviously, Activision did it right, but I feel like they are their intentions of making money kind of revealed itself too much with how they were you know how they were moving towards you know with with regards to destiny and you know putting out content and stuff so you know um i feel like the mmo thing is something that these publishers and i want to like i want to actually put it on sony and microsoft too in particular because you know they are the two big console manufacturers right now i mean nintendo of course as well but like online isn't nintendo's strength so if we look at sony and microsoft specifically i feel like each of these companies should be either investing or making their own exclusive mmo because 
this is something that will pretty much sell the service you know they can attach it to the service and if it becomes a hit then you know and what they should do is put it on pc as well so that um it it gains a big enough user base to where a lot of people are talking about it and then you know people on console will also you know they'll want to buy into the game more on the console level because you know it's so popular on pc too so you know once you get both markets sucked into this experience that would be you know an amazing thing and that's what happens with a lot of popular mmos as well like you know the there's a huge pc community and then a huge console community whenever they decide to launch it on the console or whatever so i feel like this is something that you know not enough publishers are taken advantage of and it doesn't even need to be a traditional mmo it could be like destiny you know it's just something like destiny i'm actually surprised that there aren't more games trying to mimic destiny of course we had the division um and we're getting anthem now but i'm surprised a lot more games haven't tried to mimic you know that that hybrid structure that destiny has because i feel like that's something that that's you know it could really be utilized um to build something for the long term if it's done right you know by the publisher so that would be my answer the other one i was going to say is i was actually going to say this for the previous um question too so i think this this one i'm about to say applies to both this question and the previous one and that is real-time strategy games um because that i feel like that's incredibly underutilized on console i feel like technology has moved forward now um on the ps4 you have like the scroll bar the touch bar that allows you to scroll through things easier in game and stuff you know with with, with things like that at your fingertips I, f- I feel like it makes playing an rts on console a lot easier than it used to be um and of course you know microsoft released um halo wars 2 which you know is like their rts game but i feel like there's room for a lot more rts and i feel like we had a lot more rts games last generation than we do this generation um and there is an audience of people who enjoy those games and i feel like if they could even possibly make them a hybrid like you know going back to the destiny thing where it's like a hybrid mmo if they made like a hybrid rts game that would be amazing for consoles like what if there was a let's say for instance you have a mech uh, an rts mech game or something right and of course it's got the top down view and everything so you can strategize and you know um, build your army of mechs or you know whatever it is but then you know during big battles or whatever you could also zoom in and get inside the mech you know you, it goes into first person you know so once you've already laid out your strategies and everything you can actually go in and out of any one of your mechs on the battlefield and you know control them like wouldn't that be insane if you could do some shit like that like if if you can actually you know go into the eyes of you know all your or your army like all your soldiers and everything and just play as them play out the battle you know yourself and everything like that would be crazy i think um and that's something that should maybe be looked into 
but uh yeah that's that's my answer to that question i honestly i would like to hear more people answer that question because that's a question like if you answer it if you ask that question to anyone else you're gonna get a completely different answer to what i just said so that's i, I really like those two questions that you just asked uh cigar goyle um those are great questions for real okay so moving on uh what hooks you up on overwatch for the first time and what makes it so special that other first person shooters don't have and that's from miguel big shouts to miguel he's a supporter um and you know uh, miguel's just a great guy man like he was gonna send me stickers and stuff like he he supports for real so big shouts to miguel um now you know i love this question so overwatch you know i've I've talked so much about overwatch over the past year it's been like it's been like my most played game for the longest length of time i think um i've been playing this game you know like a year and a half um next like in may 2018 it's going to be two years straight that i've been playing overwatch since it came out and the thing is like you know i never actually followed this game like i i I'm, like i knew what was going on with it because the game was supposed to be something completely different before um you know blizzard actually announced it as a different game entirely but then they scrapped that and then made overwatch instead and um i wasn't really following the game up up to its launch and everything even though when like there was a lot of hype before the game even came out i wasn't following any of that and usually i don't get caught up in hype like that you know i just buy a game play it and i you know whatever i think of it that's what i think of it with overwatch there was so much hype leading up to its release and you know i would see articles and pictures and all sorts about it and i was like what the hell is this game you know and then one one day i just decided you know what i'm gonna review this game so you know i sent out to blizzard for you know a review code for the game and everything i got the code i started playing the game i did my review and everything but then i noticed something i was like you know what this game like is it's really fun like you know I, I kind of can't stop playing it like you know i'm kind of getting sucked into it a little bit like um it's it's a really cool game like you know like i was just really it's hard to explain like i was really confused on how i felt at first like i was like yeah th- this game is cool it doesn't have like you know a story mode or anything but it's it's a cool game it's fun and gradually like my love of the game just kept growing and growing like after that like even after i reviewed the game like when i reviewed the game i didn't even love it at that point like i liked it i recognized it was good it was fun and everything but gradually i just fell in love with it more and more and blizzard continued to support the game they added you know different seasonal events um and you know just different content changes upgrades to the game and everything like that and it just kept me playing and I started to develop a community of people, you know, a network of people that I play with and stuff. Um, and once that started to happen, like once I got into the community aspect of the game, you know, it was just like, I just was glued to it ever since. So to go back to your question, you asked like, you know, what makes it so special that other games don't have? And 
I, I think with Overwatch, Blizzard, they focused on the fun element first. I feel like that's a major thing. Like, because I feel like with a lot of other first-person games, um, they go into it, you know, with a list of bullet points and everything like that. Like, okay, what's this game going to have? What features are we going to put in there? Um, what's the story of this game? You know, who are we going to get to narrate this character? Uh, what's Nolan North's phone number? You know, stuff like that. Like, I feel like it's like other companies going to this game, the, the, going to the development of these games, and everything just feels so put together. Like, you know, it just feels like I don't know how I don't know how to explain it, but it just every like every other first-person shooter game just feels so put together. You know, we know it's like a big budget thing and, you know, they want people to buy this content and, you know, it it just feels so orchestrated, you know. But with Overwatch, it's like they went about it differently. Like they just said, look, we want to make a fun game, you know, a fun, you know, online arena type shooter game like that. That's the most important thing. It should be fun. And the characters are going to be very unique and diverse and you know they're each gonna bring something new to the game, and you know it's it feels like they just went about it a different way, and uh, like they just they just came up with a winning formula with Overwatch, and you know I just mentioned the characters and stuff. That's another thing that I really love about the game, because every single character in Overwatch feels different to play. Like you know you can play call of duty you can play battlefield and a lot of other you know shooter games and the characters feel the same you know no matter what class you use or what type of character it is whatever they feel the same like you know every match feels the same exactly the same right because you're just shooting a weapon that's it you're shooting a weapon you throw your grenades you know it, it feels the same every single time but with overwatch because every single character is different and every single character has their own set of abilities and their own movement, their own jumps, special moves, whatever, you know, every match is different. And you then have to begin to think about, okay, this character can do that. How do I counter this? You know, like, and it, you know, it goes even beyond that because you have a team of five other people, right? So you have to strategize with those five other people and be like, okay, look, this guy is playing this character. He's doing this. So, you know, with the character that you're playing, I think you should do this and then I'll come in and do this. Like there's so many different strategies you can formulate, you know, to tackle, to to handle a situation in Overwatch, you know. So the community aspect of it gets a lot deep and a lot more broad at that point. Whereas on Call of Duty and Battlefield, you don't even need to communicate. Like, it's just, you're doing the same shit all the time. Like, okay, we have to rush this, you know, this point or this objective. We have to kill the the other team members. You know, so it's just running and shooting. That's it. Same thing all the time. But in Overwatch, you have to really work together. You have to understand the dynamics of what's going on. You have to understand what these characters are doing. And then, you know, beyond that, each character has a personality as well, like their own personality. Like, I would want to read a comic or I want to see 
an animated short on on each of these characters just to see what their background is what they do outside of you know battling and overwatch and stuff like that like although to me although overwatch is very it seems like a very simple concept on paper <clears throat> the game has much more depth than a lot of first person shooters out there like you know it it's just so well put together and it it doesn't seem like it was put together with an agenda and that's another thing like yeah this game has loot boxes yeah you have to actually buy overwatch and you know you buy overwatch and it has loot boxes right but there's no expansions there's no dlc there's nothing like that it's just you know you don't even have to buy the loot boxes you just buy the game it's fun and you get access to every update you know every seasonal event whatever happens you know you get access to all of it and you can unlock all of the the, the skins the stickers the sprays the voice lines you can unlock everything as you play like you know there's nothing behind a paywall except like the loot boxes which are completely optional you don't have to buy them for some people it's not even like worth buying them people don't even think about what skin their char character has or anything because they're just more concerned about playing the game so it doesn't feel like the game is designed to suck your money out either and whenever i do buy loot boxes it's because i actually want to i don't feel like i'm forced to buy anything in this game and let me just say this as well yeah i was sent this game you know for free i was sent this game free to review and everything but the amount of money that i put back into it buying loot boxes like i've bought this game like twice already <laughs> like like maybe twice or three times or something because i care about it that much that you know whenever there's a new event i'll buy a batch of loot boxes and stuff just as you know i mean of course i want the cosmetic items but it's it's more so to say thank you to blizzard for continuously supporting this game and making it better you know and providing me with hours of entertainment so yeah like i just i like overwatch is special to me special to a lot of people and those are the reasons i really feel like this game is amazing and i am aware that there's other games that kind of fit into that box of you know things that i just said obviously team fortress many people love that game for the reasons i just stated the differences with overwatch when it comes to you know the comparison with team fortress with team fortress right if you're a noob and you pick up team fortress and you go into it you're gonna get slaughtered it's not it's not actually gonna be that fun getting into team fortress at this point in time if you was part of the initial wave of team fortress great you know you've grown with the game and everything but at this point in time if you get in, it's the same thing with counter-strike and games like that right if you get into it late like years late it, it's not fun because the people who are playing it are hardcore and dedicated right so you're gonna get slaughtered like and they're gonna make fun of you for sucking as well you know with overwatch it's not like that like you can jump into overwatch at any point in time and you know it's accessible you're gonna be able to learn to play each character you know um there's a quick play see that that's what's great as well right because 
Overwatch is kind of segmented, right? So you have your competitive mode, right? Where people who take Overwatch seriously, that's what they're going to play. They're going to play competitive mode, right? But then you also have quick play, which is just, you know, a fun little mode to enjoy to enjoy Overwatch gameplay. Like, And if you're new, you know, you can get into to, to quick play and people aren't going to be as as dickish or you know there's not going to be as many douchebags in quick play because people were just playing quick play to have fun and not think about you know all that competitive stuff that you know people focus on like they just want to have fun with the game and then you also have arcade mode where there's you know different types of game modes like you know um it just mixes things up a little bit if you want to do something a bit ridiculous or unorthodox you know you have arcade mode um and it doesn't it like with arcade matches it doesn't even matter if you win or lose like it's just about enjoying the game you know so that's what's good about overwatch as well um it's it's great for new people to get into at any point and that's why it's a game that continues to grow you know so yeah i realize i'm talking about overwatch for a long time but i'm very passionate about it as you can tell so thanks for the question Miguel and I hope to see you on Overwatch soon as well because I know you just got the game on PC so I look forward to playing with you okay so next question is from my fellow beloved colleague Mr. Tony Polanco shouts to Tony um, and you know Tony's actually been an inspiration for the show because like I love Throw Down Your Questions. Like, it's one of my favorite podcasts. I love the community aspect. I love people, you know, being able to ask questions and, you know, these guys answer them every single week. You know, I love that element of Throw Down Your Questions. Um, So, yeah, that kind of, that's something that made me want to do this as well, you know, just to have that element of interacting with the listeners and giving the listeners opportunity to ask things that we we might not talk about usually you know i I feel like that's a big deal so shouts to tony so his question um and you know hopefully i don't get too controversial with this um but yeah his question is what do you make of the current state of the gaming industry and he also added feel free to take this question in any direction you choose and i like that he added that in there because you know me and me and tony and you know a few other people like torrence davis we have long conversations about you know some of the shit that goes on in this industry and in the world period you know but um yeah so what do i make of the current state of the gaming industry now I have to say that the gaming industry isn't as fun to be in as it used to be, in my opinion. Um, back when I first started, you know, the coalition and stuff with my my uh, co-found my fellow co-founders and colleagues at the site and everything, um, things were a lot more fun back then, and I feel like we had a lot more freedom. To, to, to vocalize how we feel about certain things and you know even the games themselves they took more risks than they do now um, and the reason I feel that way is because I think in 2017 
and the current state of society and the internet and everything things are way too pc in my opinion they're way too politically correct i feel like people have become way too sensitive nowadays um and that's actually affected creativity it's affected um you know works of fiction and you know creative works period i feel like and another thing is you know in this day and age there are too many groups um you know whether it's political groups or social um justice groups like there's too many of these groups and these labels that have agendas and they push these agendas on you know um various forms of media be it tv shows or movies or video games now so you know these people with agendas they they're kind of dictating a lot of things they shouldn't be dictating and i miss how the world used to be where you can have creative expression like i'm the type of person right who will and shouts to dana abercrombie because you know we have these conversations about books sometimes right so i'm the type of person who will like for example let's use books right i'm going to use books in this scenario just because it's more fresh in my mind because i've had this conversation recently right so there there's books right written by people who i do not agree with what the hell they're talking about you know but i'm willing to read it just to understand it you know and just to understand how different people think and then i can take what i want from that and do what i want with that information right but there's people out there who are just so sensitive that they they can't do that you know um everything is an outrage these days right like if you know um even even like something as minute as you know let's let's take that x-men poster for example right where you had a uh, apocalypse was it apocalypse i think um kind of strangling uh, i forget who it was was it uh i forget which um female character it was but you had that poster from x-men right the billboard or wherever it was and people complained about that like because the guy is strangling a woman like it's it's the freaking x-men it's an action movie man like why are people so sensitive about shit like that like okay with the uh this is gonna get real deep and i'm probably gonna say a lot of shit that i I probably shouldn't even say because it has nothing to do with the question but i just i have to get this out you know um i like i agree with a lot of the fundamentals of the feminist you know um the feminist group right feminism and stuff like that i have a lot of um things that i do agree with a lot of the fundamentals but there's a lot of shit right that is just a reach that they reach and they create fake outrage from and it begins to, to seem like they're just tipping the scales in the opposite direction you know feminism is a is about empowering women and making it be known that women are equals to men and that i completely 100 percent agree with women should be equal to men they should get paid the same they should have the same rights i agree with all of that shit right but i draw the line at the point where it's it begins to seem like men should not have the same rights as women 
I, I draw the line there because that's what a lot of feminism on the on the internet is nowadays and the reason I even have to acknowledge this and talk about it is because these people have an influence over what goes on in gaming like these people are influencing the choices and the decisions that the developers are making now look at Dragon Age, Dragon Age Inquisition and look at um the, the last few Mass Effect games right the last couple I'll say uh, Mass Effect games they go out of their way to be as diverse as possible now and the reason I have a problem with that is because I mean of course it's a good thing that you're adding black characters you're adding transsexual characters gay characters you know what have you it's cool that you're doing that right but it's not cool when you're doing it just because of your just because you're scared of the backlash or just because people are going to call you out for it if you don't add these people like that's completely the wrong way to go about creating something you know diverse that's the wrong way to go about it completely um diversity is something that should occur naturally and it should be something that exists because it's actually going to help your story or you know uh, the world that you're building you know it's something that's going to help it it should not exist because of outside influence or what people are going to say about it or you know what uh this political agenda is, is saying or you know where wherever it is you know it, it that's not why we should get diversity in games now it's because it's something that should better the story you know um so yeah stuff like that i feel like is really hurting gaming at the moment um and i didn't like you know the last i didn't like that about the last couple bioware games or it's just just like okay you're forcing in these characters just because you want to appear like you're diverse or you're supporting feminists or you're, you're supporting the lgbt you know and that that's what i don't like about you know the state of the gaming industry at the moment i feel like it's too many people with agendas trying to push their agendas and it's been like this you know it well even before gamergate it was sort of going this way but gamergate is it kind of um put out there on a large scale i think and uh yeah I, I have a huge problem with all of that stuff to be honest um i don't want to keep going on because I, I could go real deep with this but i feel like it's gonna upset too many people if i keep going but yeah i feel like that's one of the biggest issues i have with the current state of the gaming industry just too many agendas too many people trying to push these agendas on other people and too many people calling people out for something that shouldn't they shouldn't be called out for you know like just leave things be you know sometimes like um i can understand if you know if something is blatantly racist or blatantly sexist against women yeah that that's not right you know you shouldn't put something in your game that's that you know is going to be uh, offensive like um like uh you know trying to think of an example man i can't i really can't see the fact that i can't even think of an example of something that you should be outraged for means that people are just taking all of this shit too far because i, I can't think of something that i've been overly 
offended by in a video game um i'm more offended by the fact that people um are having to water down their creativity because of these people with agendas that's what i'm offended by like let's go back to god of war ascension when they had to freaking change that um trophy the name of a freaking trophy they had to change that because of the outcry like stuff like that annoys me like you, it's like you can't be creative to your full potential anymore you know it's like you have to dance on eggshells because people are too sensitive people have agendas and you know there's too much politics going on so yeah that that's my take on you know the current state of the gaming industry i don't want to ramble on too long so i'm gonna cut it off there but this is something i hope that we get to revisit and have more dialogue about in the future and uh, i actually wish that you know me and tony and torrance and some of the other guys could could talk like say some of these things um you know publicly that we say behind the scenes because we've had some interesting conversations and debates about this stuff but we would never talk about that stuff publicly because people were just going to get offended by it so yeah um, that, that's my answer to that question shouts to Tony and thanks for sending me that question okay so <laughs> these next few questions are um, completely satirical um, the, these next few questions are from my good friend James Kennedy who's also affiliated with thecoalition.com so shouts to, to James Kennedy um, so yeah his first question is what brand of lotion does 50 cent use to oil up his steroid muscles for double xl shoots he uses johnson's baby oil you know that's my answer to that and just to fill you guys in on why james kennedy is asking me these questions like i'm a huge 50 cent fan and um yeah like uh like in the past we've had debates and stuff and i uh i always defend 50 cent and stuff like that you know i'm 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 a hardcore fan you know let me let me just say that like i'm a big fan of 50 cent and you know a lot of rappers to be honest but 50 cent it, you know i'm a huge fan um so yeah kennedy you know he's he's just being funny by asking me these questions so yeah i just wanted to fill you guys in on that um oh and also let me just say that he doesn't take steroids he doesn't do that like I, I can tell you that for a fact he, he doesn't take steroids so uh next question is why does 50 cent always talk a load of shite at the end of every song with an echo effect now the reason 50 does that well he doesn't actually do that anymore let me uh say that but the reason he used to do that is because like you know it was his moment like you you have to understand what 50 cent went through like this guy survived some of the biggest toughest gangsters in in queens you know coming after him he got shot nine times and survived you know and like the amount of times there was a hit out on him like his life was in danger and the amount of dirt he he you know he'd done on the streets and everything like a lot of people wanted him dead and he survived that and came back and with a bang and changed his life completely and changed the lives of the people around him so he he's been through a lot 
you know he went through a lot he survived some shit that not everyone survives right so like when it comes to hip-hop hip-hop was just the thing that kind of motivated him to save his life and of course you know eminem dr dre they helped save his life they propelled him to a high level of success that he wouldn't have achieved without those people right so once the spotlight was on him he you know he took the baton and ran with it right because fuck it like you know he survived so much shit now it's his moment to enjoy shit right and um he started a lot of beefs of course and he acted like he didn't care he wasn't scared of these other rappers and the reason was because he survived some of the toughest and most brutal gangsters in queens so rappers weren't uh, like they were nothing to 50 cent so yeah he was talking shit because so many people in the industry criticized him opposed him you know didn't like him or whatever so talking shit at the end of the song was just his way of saying like look i don't care about this shit like i'll talk shit back to you like i'm not like these other rappers who bottle shit up and don't talk about shit like i'm giving it like whatever whatever um negativity you send my way i'm sending it right back to you on a big scale where everybody in the world can hear it you know all of my fans that enjoy my music are going to hear me talking shit about you you know so yeah he, he just didn't care he was reckless back then like he just really didn't care like that was his moment and you know he was going to soak it in so that's what i think about you know that and i actually miss those days like i miss those those mixtapes where he would just go in on everybody he would talk shit you know like those were the days man for real okay so the next question which i don't all the way understand but um i'll try to answer anyway whoops sorry um so yeah next question is should spotify and title thank 50 cent for carving a lane for them to make money by killing the radio with the g-unit radio mixtape series yeah I, i don't fully understand what what you mean by that question but let me just say that the g unit radio mixtape series was classic like 50 cent re- revolutionized the mixtape scene period you know um i'm not gonna say it was just him i mean it kind of was it, like he he did kind of change the game but it wasn't around that time there was so many people putting out great mixtapes too um you had the dip set you had d block you had fabulous um you know dj drama putting out good shit like so many people were putting out dope mixtapes at that time but 50 kind of changed the game when he was turning things into actual songs because before the 50 cent wave a mixtape was just a bunch of freestyles where it's just you know a rapper rapping over a beat there was like no hook or anything it was just you know a long long ass rhyme over a beat right um but 50, when 50 Cent started doing his own indie mixtapes, he was taking people's beats and making new songs to them. Like, he was writing three verses, or, you know, of course he had Lloyd Banks and Tony Ayo to appear on the songs too, but there was three verses and hooks on the beat. Like, it was a completely new song done from their perspective, right? And nobody was doing that at that time, so that's how they revolutionized that shit right so uh even after he got signed he continued to do these mixtapes 
and he gave away so much good free music on these G-Unit Radio mixtapes. Like that's something we don't appreciate. The amount of free music the top rapper in the game at that point was putting out for the people, you know. And another thing that people don't appreciate is he made DJ Who Kid rich by doing these mixtapes, right? Now, 50 Cent, Void Banks, G-Unit, they did not get paid from those mixtapes, but those mixtapes made money, right? And all the money that these mixtapes made went to their DJ, DJ Who Kid. So he was putting money into DJ Who Kid's pocket by doing, by continuing to do these free mixtapes, because then DJ Who Kid can sell these mixtapes you know on a street level or underground level or whatever so he was making his dj rich by you know putting out all this free music still so yeah like that's some shit you gotta respect man like you know um and of course 50 cent like he doesn't have to rap anymore he does it just because he still loves it um so you know that the whole 50 cent wave in music is kind of over now because like you know he, he's not doing it because he has to anymore. He, he doesn't have to rap anymore. Like, you know, he's doing other things. He's got Power, the TV show. He's got other business ventures and stuff. And he makes a ton of money just by touring and, and you know, um, performing all of the songs that he's, he's released over the past decade or, you know, well, longer than a decade. So, yeah, I mean, that's something we should appreciate, you know. And I'm not just saying... 50 cent like there's a lot of stuff last decade and even before that that we should still appreciate that happened in hip-hop because the game is completely different now so yeah um that's what i'll say to that and kudos to services like spotify and tidal because i do like that they've kind of legitimized music a bit more and now that you know now artists are really getting their royalties Whereas, you know, a decade ago, people were just happy to steal music. And, you know, that was affecting the way that artists get paid and stuff like that. Um, but now, you know, there's a way for an artist to put out music and get royalties from it. Even even though I feel like the royalties are so small and minute, but at least you're not stealing anymore, you know. So that's what's great about the streaming services, I think. Okay, um... So uh, his next question was, and this one actually relates to gaming, so that's good. Um, his next question is, how would you rate the 50 Cent Bulletproof game compared to classic shooters like the Max Payne series? Now, let, let me be clear here. 50 Cent Bulletproof is not better than Max Payne. Max Payne is better by far. And I'm, I mean every Max Payne game, Max Payne 1, Max Payne 2, even and Max Payne 3, of course, are better than 50 Cent Bulletproof, right? Um, Max Payne 1 is a classic, man. Like, so you can't compare them on that level, but 50 Cent Bulletproof, whereas the gameplay wasn't, you know, it, like, I remember the aiming being really awkward and weird in that game, but... It was still a good game. Like, if you're a 50 Cent fan, that was a, a freaking... That was a, a fantastic game, I think. And you know what's really underrated as well? The PSP version of that game. Because they brought out a PSP version as well. That that one was underrated. Like, for real. That 
I don't know, man. It might. You could argue that it's better than the, the main game. It was like a top-down kind of view. I remember, but it was good. Like that, the PSP version was really good. Um, but yeah, Fifty Cent Bulletproof, man. Um, it was good if you liked Fifty Cent, you know. And it, it practically had a few albums on there. The soundtrack was basically albums. Like you had legit music on there, um, and you had Dr. Dre in there. You had Eminem in there. That was a cool game. Like, if you're a, a hip-hop fan at that time and into 50 Cent, that was a good game, in my opinion. Um, but, yeah, definitely, you, you can't compare it to Max Payne at all. Um, but, yeah, it was good, though. Um, so, yeah, on to the final question now. And this question was sent by someone called Geo. So, um, the question is... Why does Microsoft lack excuse me, why does Microsoft lack well-known mascots and iconic characters? That is a good question. Okay, so um the first answer um I have for that is Microsoft like the Xbox brand is a lot newer than the other brands. So they've had a shorter space of time to kind of establish these mascots. But that's not a great answer, though, because I feel like it, even in a short space of time, I feel like Sony created some, some iconic mascots, you know, even just from the PS1 era, you know, from the PS1 to PS2 era, they had um, like some major mascots already, I think. Um, you know, they had Spyro, they had, a uh, Crash was like, you know, one of theirs for a while, Parappa the Rapper, um, uh, who else is it? Oh, um, you know, you got, at the moment, you got, like, Jack and Daxter, you got, um, Ratchet and Clank, you know, so, Sony has always had a lot of iconic characters, um, and if you look at Microsoft, they have Master Chief, they have Marcus Phoenix. Um, who else could you really say for them? Um, it's a struggle to think of Xbox mascots. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I, like we say this, like we say this a lot now because it's it's very relevant to what's happening right now as well. But I feel like Microsoft has an issue with exclusives with retaining exclusives that only <clears throat> excuse me i don't know what's going on with my throat right now um i think i'm maybe i'm talking too long or something because it's just really scratchy but the thing is with microsoft um yeah they they have a problem with you know building long-lasting exclusives outside of halo and gears and that's really weird like i don't i don't know why they have this problem um and this problem is very prevalent this generation but it was even a case you know it, it was even the case last generation because they missed out on some major games that they could have made exclusives like mass effect you know um alan wake you know that apparently um remedy owns that you know so if they make another alan wake they could make it um, multi-platform and that could have been like an iconic character for them if they followed up with Alan Wake because a lot of people were waiting for the second game 
And I, I hear that Remedy actually wanted to make another Alan Wake, but instead, you know, we ended up getting um, Quantum Break. So, yeah, I don't know. I think I think Microsoft just has issues um, that prevent them from creating that iconic character. I mean, you could call, like, obviously Master Chief is an iconic character, so that's one you can give them right there. Marcus Phoenix, I don't like, I don't see Marcus Phoenix on the same level as Master Chief or any of the other console mascots, to be honest, but he's up there just because there's no one else, really, you know? So he's there by default, kind of. Um, so yeah, I mean, the only one I would truly say is iconic is, is Master Chief. So, you know, I think it's just the case of Microsoft has an issue creating um, meaningful exclusive characters that they continue to support you know that that's that's the only answer i can give to that i feel like the the problem is internal within microsoft you know um and i feel like they just don't support a lot of their exclusives for long enough unless it is halo or forza or gears you know i feel like they they just don't do a good enough job you know supporting these these series that they have and these uh characters so yeah that would be my answer to that but i would like to hear uh, more opinions on that actually but yeah um that's all the questions man that's all the questions that i got sent um I, let me just check the twitter feed real quick just to see if anyone said anything in the time i've been recording um it's probably going to be a no but uh let me see let me see um no, I don't see anything. Oh, I'm on the wrong Twitter account. Hold on. The struggle of being a social media guy. You have all these accounts that you have to manage. Um, yeah, that, that's pretty much it for now. Um, I am definitely going to, you know, make sure that we do a good job getting questions for the next um, Ask TKs that we do in the future. You know, I feel like we should have gotten a lot more, but, you know, maybe that's my fault. Maybe I didn't do a good enough job promoting this and everything. But now that it's out there, people will have that understanding of what the vision is and everything. So hopefully the next batch of, you know, Ask TK questions for whoever it might be will be a lot better. I was actually hoping to get a lot more coalition related uh, questions as well. Like, you know, how we run the site and that sort of thing or what what the history of the site is and you know stuff of that nature but uh, i guess you guys didn't know that you could ask me that sort of stuff so you kept it video games for the most part which is cool it's, it's cool um i would have also appreciated more questions based on my my gaming history like the consoles i've owned and um the games i used to play back in the 90s and stuff like that you know i would have loved questions like that as well but hey it's the first time right so um i appreciate all of you guys that did ask me questions you did ask some great questions you know i'm not i'm not knocking the questions that we did get um at all so thanks to everyone who submitted a question and thanks to everyone who supports us on patreon and to everyone who listens to you know all of the shows we do period because this takes a lot of time a lot of effort you know it's a lot of editing and everything like that so we appreciate you guys a lot so uh please leave your comments for us and um yeah that's that's it for now look out for the next ask tk we'll announce it when we have you know 
someone willing to do it <laughs> but I'll, I'll definitely you know push the guys to make sure that they uh you know they do one eventually so yeah that's pretty much it man peace